0: Hello! And Welcome oh, to No Means No Thing, a podcast dedicated need. to the impossible task of determining the best No Means No song and of all listen. time. I'm Jordan. I'm joined in this fool's errand by my two co-hosts. Michelle. Matthew. So I guess this is the beginning of all things. I, I don't know. I guess the best way to kick this off is to talk about what this podcast is gonna be. We're three no means no, I don't know, fanatics, super fans. I am of Super fan for sure. Who are refugees from the now dead No Means Whatever, No Means No message board. Shout out to any of you listening. Uh, I guess I'll take the blame for wanting to even start this podcast. I mean, having a podcast is basically like having a MySpace page these days, but it does seem like almost every other band out there has someone making a podcast dedicated to them. So it's only right that No Means No get the same treatment, since they are objectively the best band of all time. So... Before we sort of go around and talk about why we love this band and how we got into them, let's uh, quickly cover what the format's going to be. As I said up top, in the end, we're going to determine completely objectively the best No Means No song of all time. And this is, of course, an impossible and stupid task, (laughs) but it's a good way to talk about all their material, from the fear, anger, betrayal, hatred EP, all the way through the tour EPs. So, you know, each week we'll be discussing four songs in sets of two, And working our way through all of them in playoff bracket form until finally, if we make it that far, we'll reach the second bracket and work our way forward from that until we crown the ultimate No Means No masterpiece. So full disclosure, I'm borrowing this format from another music podcast I love called the Malkmus Conundrum, which is doing the same thing for the music of Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks. And I'm pretty sure that the Venn diagram of people who love No Means No and love Stephen Malkmus is probably exactly me shaped. So I'm not too worried about stealing it. Uh, so now let's talk a little bit about how we're picking the songs we're including and how we're doing this, uh, how we're making this random, Matthew, you put together a a program for us, right? Okay. Yeah. I just,
1: uh, wrote a quick, uh, little script with my, uh, very, very old and, uh, sketchy programming skills. Basically what it does is it, um, pulls two random, uh, no means, no songs from, um, a list of all of their songs. Um, so we did have a little bit of uh, discussion as to what should be included, um, as to, you know, different versions of the same song, um, you know, kind of obscure things like, Oh Canada. Um, and, uh, I think we all agree on no jello.
0: I'm glad we all agree. I, I was h- hoping there wasn't going to be much controversy on that. I actually don't know. I mean, Michelle, are, you're, you're good with that. With the no, no jello.
2: I I don't, I don't, I... I'm fine with it. Whatever you guys want. I'll, I'll be, you know, diplomatic about what, it, but what,
0: what, I, I the, what? No, I mean, yeah, may, maybe we just leave it hanging out there as a, this is our initial thing, but maybe someday it'll make a surprise appearance. There if may needs be room for, the maybe. Maybe. There yeah, maybe and, room for jello. Maybe. There may be room for jello.
1: And just for fans of that album. I mean, I, I certainly like it. It's no means no, but I kind of evaluated it according to it. It's kind of its own thing. Um, I've never really sort yeah, exactly. of compared it to the other albums. Exactly um
0: I, yeah. I just know for myself if i put any one of those songs up against almost any no means no song it's an automatic pass so i just don't know how well it would do I, in head to head i don't know
2: <laughs> it I, down to that. i can bypass the mix i can bypass the mix and i can bypass the Look vocals and just hone in on what's going on in the back
0: and it's mind-blowing it. but i'm not going to argue there the music is incredible it. Everywhere.
1: I find it more difficult to ignore because it seemed like, you know, no means no places. There no means no amazing stuff. And then uh, Jello just kind of used it as a format to, to rant over. Uh, did I tell you guys about the karaoke machine that I found? No. Oh. Okay. I, um, I, I live in Vancouver um, and uh, Vancouver has a lot of back alleys and sometimes you just walk along them. You can, basically take a different route to get to any one place. One day I found a a Marantz um, uh, karaoke amp, I guess it was. And if somebody just put it out in the alley, I guess they get taken away. So I'm like, okay, um, maybe I can take it home, see what it is. And um, maybe I can fix it. And my whole thing, like the whole reason I took it home uh, was to see if I could uh, excise the jello from that album and listen to the, <laughs> listen to the instrumental songs sadly it wasn't up to my my electrical engineering skills weren't up to the task and i wasn't able to fix it so i'm still <laughs> waiting on that one
0: well hey we're putting it out in the ether maybe someone out there at some point will take that challenge upon themselves and um, and you know again i no offense to jello either because i was a huge dead kennedy's fan even before i found no means no Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, they, I got, they quickly got surpassed once I found no means no, we'll talk about that later, but um, you just don't want gravy jelly. on
1: your pancakes, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. There's chocolate and peanut butter and then there's gravy and pancakes. So it's, <laughs> that's a great metaphor. So in any event where that's, that's a question, but then there's also these questions of multiple versions, right? We have the zero plus two equals one and a half sessions, which have some. Uh, crossover and there's some versions where Andy's playing songs that end up on Mr. Happy. We've got two versions of the river. We've got two versions of joy. We've got all this stuff that at some point we're going to have to figure out whether we actually put both of those versions in the mix or whether once one of them goes through, we decide which of those is the mm-hmm. Supreme version that will move farther down in. So I don't think we have to solve all those problems now, but those will be some interesting, uh, interesting hurdles to jump over once we, once Man. we get to them.
2: I'm going to
0: we're yeah. We're not including any of the Hanson brothers either, because to me, that's a, it's an entirely different band. Fantastic. But it's not no means no. So I, I don't think it belongs in this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's for someone else to take up that mantle charge right. forward with that.
1: Uh, yeah. There's a bit of terminology there that uh, perhaps uh, me as being from the, the area. Do, do you guys use the term fuck band?
0: No, no. You know what that is. No. I love that.
1: Okay. I no, Hanson brothers could be described as no means no's fuck band.
0: Nice. So that makes total sense. You don't without like even a, describing it. I know what that means.
1: <laughs> a main band and then there's a fuck band. Um, so I guess sort of uh the, the shitties. Oh my god, sh- I love that CD. mean <laughs> okay, the, sh- the shitties would be a little bit maybe more accurately described as a fuck band. Than oh like god, that's great. More, yeah,
0: that is fantastic. That's that great, and
2: that CD cover is. uh I was warned about that before I saw it on the tour. It was just <laughs> unbelievably
0: bad. <laughs> oh man! So fuck bands need not apply in this case. Yeah. Um, so
1: I, I have no right. idea how you know geographically spread that term might be. It might just be Victoria and Vancouver. Who knows?
0: It might be. It might be. But I love it. Now but it's in larger parlance out in the world.
2: Right.
0: Fantastic. All right. So. Basically, that's how we're going to run it. And we reserve the right to change that at any fucking time because it's our podcast and we really don't know how it's going to go. But that's that's how we're going to start. And mostly as an excuse to dive in as in-depth as we can or want to on each of these, frankly, incredible songs. So I think now what we'll do is just kind of go around the virtual table here and let's talk about first how we found no means no, right? I think what, what's the, what's the origin story for, for how you came across this band. So Michelle, why don't you, why don't you kick us off?
2: Okay. I'll go first and hope that I do myself some justice here. Um, I was dating this guy in 1989, I think it was. And we went to this party at a friend's house. I even remember his name, Dave Reynolds. This party was out in the Buffalo area of New York state and we were at the party and I heard this song, which ended up being Big Dick, this song play on the stereo. And, and my mouth fell to the floor. I had never heard anything like it. I had been playing bass since I was about 13, which would have been 1983. So I was really honed into bass players and really liked them a lot and had never heard anybody play bass like this before. So it was immediately the bass playing that caught me. And, um, I I I I had never heard anything like it before, and it seemed so aggressive and cool. I wasn't even listening to the lyrics, and I didn't even know the song was <laughs> what it was called and the lyrics were what they were. But all I could listen to was that amazing bass playing. And he, he does kind of play the same thing over and over again, but I wanted to hear it over and over again because it was just so incredibly badass. And of course, we ended up getting the album and spent the next year and a half listening to that in a park most nights drinking coffee or beer. And along with that and the first two Joe Jackson albums, I really did quite embrace bass playing. But that, that first album of No Means No, we got it. We had to drive an hour and a half away to find it because we lived in this little podunk upstate New York town. So we had to go to the cool... City where the college is, where to find a cool punk rock record store, and they had it. Just I, I, I just finally remember those nights sitting in the park, just listening to that record, and and not even being able to speak at how cool it was and how badass the music was, and just like no, nothing I had ever 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 heard, and not knowing. If I'll ever hear anything like that again, and and knowing like, could music really, really sound like that? And it could. And I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not making any sense. But I, sure you are. One of many who may have this experience upon hearing them the first time. It was something I needed to hear that I didn't know I needed to hear until I heard it. Right. Totally. Yeah. I suspect
1: that anybody who is interested enough to listen to this podcast probably has a story, (laughs) a little bit like that. Just like, oh, hey. That's right. Yeah, yes. this is, that's right. This is exactly. That's right.
2: Yeah. And,
0: you know, my story is strikingly similar. It certainly is right at the wrong era, right? For me, it was 1990, first year away at college. Uh, my best friend, Russell, at the time, um, uh, who sadly passed away in 2000, uh, it was his growing favorite band at the time. I didn't know it then. And I showed up in his dorm room and you know, we were kicking back and he's like, okay, listen, I've got to go try to score us some weed. You stay here in the dorm and you just put these headphones on. I'm like, well, listen, when you get back, maybe we'll listen to this Jethro Toll I bought. It's really great, which, you know, that was my college band when I it's fucking Jethro Toll, for God's sake, it's (laughs) not at all prepared for what he was about to do to me. Sat down in this dark dorm room, put on the headphones and wrong begins and my fucking mind was just blown sitting there listening to wrong start to finish. And like you never heard anything like it, nothing close to that. I I heard, you know, a good deal of punk in high school, um, but nothing like this and instantly became, I mean, I don't think I've ever had the experience with any other music, but became my favorite band. I knew that they were, from a different fucking universe <laughs> and were speaking to me on a different level. And it was the music and it was the words. I was really, really taken with the lyrics. I was incredibly taken with Rob's vocal style and with the brutal honesty with which he was laying out some pretty fucking fundamental truths. It was really, really incredible. And there was no turning back from there. Then I was just 100% obsessed with every single release uh, from that point forward. How about you matthew
1: well um okay i am from victoria british columbia and uh, moved to vancouver about uh, 20 years ago Uh, so maybe you recognize that pattern uh some other people you may know did something not entirely dissimilar so uh (laughs) when you're from victoria um at some point i gotta recommend uh, this um documentary that came out fairly recently about Victoria punk bands. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh yeah. It. It's excellent. Yeah, that's great. it's great. Uh, excellent. Vic- Victoria is a funny place. It's uh, it's, it's very small. And uh, when I first started getting into music, I guess it would have been a quarter million people. So it's not, it's not, you know, tiny, but it's not huge. And it's on an Island. Uh, and so everybody had bands. It was uh, certainly a, a thing that people did for fun. Um, there was a very DIY kind of aesthetic, uh, you know, kids put on shows and that sort of stuff. So um, my musical awakening, I guess, kind of happened in elementary school, um, where a lot of skaters um, were listening to stuff that was kind of new and fresh. And, you know, there was there was metal and there was punk. And uh, so SNFU and the Dayglows were really popular, among the punk kids. I was into comedy. <laughs> of all things. There was a show on the uh, university radio station called the Schmied patrol. Um, the radio station was called CFUV. And I used to listen to the Schmied patrol. And uh, I guess comedy was my first. Okay. This is a little bit more, you know, makes you think. Uh, so I was into comedy before I was into music. And then I was into the dead milk men. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the sort of skater kids, I was a bit of a nerdy kid, a little bit of a, um, you know, not a joiner exactly, um, and the kids who listen to Dayglows and SNFU, and they also mostly listen to um, metal as well. They're trying to shock people, and I was a little bit like, eh, "I'm not too interested in that." Um, so I guess when I heard the name me's no, I kn- I knew it, I knew them, but I was a little resistant um, until um, a friend of mine, uh, or actually a friend of his lent him some no means no albums and he lent them to me and i don't actually remember i'm fairly certain that i got the small parts and wrong or had just come out uh, at the same time so i don't remember what mm-hmm. struck me at first except it was just sort of like oh wow i think it might have been small parts and uh then i'm like oh yeah this this is smarter this isn't trying to shock you on purpose this isn't um, a stupid Daigle's album <laughs> or something like that. I think maybe, maybe this is for me after all. Uh, and so, yeah, No uh, No just started kind of being a thing. And then ultimately I got a show on CFEV, the radio station uh, when I was 16 years old and that just sort of expanded my entire everything uh, in terms of local music, but also everything else.
0: Fuck yeah. That's great. So and while we've all sort of touched on it, one of the things I think it would be good to talk about, too, and again, you know, Matthew mentioned that people listening to this are already Die in the Wolf fans. I doubt anyone's going to find this who's never heard of No Means No. So everyone's going to have their origin story and also their own feelings about why No Means No is so incredible. Um, and so let's just talk about that a little bit, right, before we wrap up the episode. Um, Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit, too? You, you already have a little bit, but what is it about... This band that's so fucking st- important to you,
2: man. What a question, Jesus. Yeah, that's that's bloody shit. This is one of the most uh, a passionate subjects I could even talk about without trying to sound like Chris Farley. Uh, they, they, their, their music is is so intense. But there was always, and I was always hoping because I, I figured if I ever met him and and they were assholes i'd be really 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 let down because i just have <laughs> a feeling listening to their music like these guys aren't assholes they're just coming out there and saying this is what we got whether you want to hear it or not we're going to blow your fucking mind and uh hang out with you afterwards and ask how your family's doing that's that's just what the way the music sounded to me and and they i am very music based so i uh was just admiring the musicality of all three of them. I mean, after I got over my Rob fixation of listening to the bass, I started to listen to the guitar and listen to the drums, and I just could not believe the the, the talent that this that these guys had. And they, you know, seeing John uh, use um, you know traditional grip on his on his drumsticks instead of match grip was, was like, what the hell? This guy's like. You know a jazz drummer, and then I realized, yeah, he actually is a jazz drummer who is my and any person in a jazz band is always my favorite as a jazz drummer, like uh, they, they were just so talented and so in your face and succinct and i and i I ended up opening my ears and mind to a lot of other different music I would have normally never had access to, and again, this was before the internet and Cell phones or everything. So I was kind of stuck over on the East Coast with like nowhere to find anything to look up anything. I was just stuck there, just feeling like I knew this big secret. And I knew like I I, I have to get more of this and I have to see it. And I really hope to see them one day. And I hope they're not (laughs) assholes. And and they've certainly, certainly did turn out not to be that at all. But their music, their musicality, and, and the way. They would come in with with their with their ideas, and combining so many different genres of music was just astounding to me, and and it still is to this day. I, I can't. I, I've listened to this band more than any other for years, and even, there's even places in my life where I can recall. Oh, I remember walking down that street. I was listening to small parts, and this song came on. You know, I I, I just have these good memories of them, and just. Walking around with my Walkman in Boston, you know, going to school and 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 listening to this band. Saying that this just is just astounding. And I know this is a you know my, my opinion, of course, but they really are astounding, astounding musicians. It's it's I can't get over how great they are and entertaining and cool. I I, I guess that's all I got to say without vomiting a bunch of more things to say about why I like them. So they just do it for me. All right. They just, yeah, they just, do that's it. it. I
0: should. That's done. it. Yeah, that's They're it. They're incredible. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I wanted you to, on this podcast because I know how fucking passionate you are. I, I mean,
2: I if I could get my portrait in this band,
0: I would. <laughs> I think one of the things I've always found really interesting about no means no just quickly before I kind of talk about wax a little poetical myself is that, I know almost nobody who is really aware of this band who either isn't really fanatical about them or just doesn't like them at all. Like I don't know anybody who's milk toast. Mm. Um, It's, and, and the people that are fanatical about them, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. It's a weird. It's like a weird family. Like I, I see people on the street with a no means no t-shirt. I'm going to go and talk to them and we're going to yeah. have something yeah. in common and we're instantly going to feel okay talking to each other. And I'm, I'm a real introvert. I don't want to fucking talk to people on the street, but I will if it's a No Means No fan, right? It's or
2: it's if you secret. go
0: to another country and you know that there's a No Means No fan that you've talked to on the internet somewhere, mm-hmm. you know you're going to be able to fucking hook up with them and go out to the pub. I mean, I've done this. You go out to a pub and hang out and you're going to have a lot in common, right? I mean... That's why I, the three this, of us
2: are sitting here.
0: Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and you know, for for me, this band is leagues above any other of the bands I really love. I have a handful of bands that I really love. Um, Not actually a lot of hardcore bands, a few others, but mostly not. Um, But no means no to me is the, the musicianship is amazing. The lyrics are amazing. The passion and integrity and honesty with which everything is put forward, even when it's totally fucking tongue in cheek, even when they're, talking about fucking nihilism and going to Guam to fuck babies. Like there's something so earnest about it and so real and so connected to real thought uh, in a way that I is unlike almost any other band I've ever, uh, ever encountered. And since that first night sitting, I know, right. I had to bring up the word. You know, I'm not a lyrics person. I don't even know what
2: song that's in.
0: So it, it will come to it. We'll oh, come I'm to sorry. it. I'll have a lot to say about that song. But ever since that first night, um, nothing has come close. And every time they put out a release, it's a—I won't say a religious experience, but I treat it as a holy event. Where I did treat it as a holy event to sit down, put that on by myself, and just fully, fully dive into it. And I have certainly spent more time thinking about, talking about, and you know, really attending to these songs than I have any other music in my lifetime. And I'm super fucking sad that they don't exist anymore. But um, I'm really glad. I, my My son, who's now 16, I started playing him No Means No when he was, you know, a baby pretty much. And when he was in preschool and they had to fill out those little forms where they're like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite song? And he wrote Till I Die because that was right when Ausfart came out. And that made me fucking proud. And ever since then, more and more every year, he really has grown to love them as much as I do. And just the other day, he came in to the room, you know, for no reason, wandered in, and looked at me my, and, and said, holy shit, No Means No is the best band of all time. And I was like, yeah, I could not be prouder of this moment that my son appreciates the beauty. Because to me, it really is, when I know someone loves this band, it's like, I respect them more because they appreciate something that I find to be so beautiful and true that I love it when someone could connect with it. So the fact that I can connect with my son that way and that that means that maybe they'll live on a bit. Right. And that there's a new generation that perhaps can pick them up and carry them forward. And they won't just vanish into being a band's band, but you know, might have some legs uh, just makes me feel fucking great. Hmm. That's all I got to say on that. Awesome. Uh,
1: How guess, about you, Matthew? Well, I guess because, you know, I'm from where no means knows from, I guess my experience might be a little bit different because they weren't obscure. Um, right. At least within a certain community, everybody knew who they were. Um, not that, you know, anybody knows that there may be one of the popular, most popular things ever to come out of Victoria kind of worldwide. <laughs> but, you know, when you're growing up, um, as I was saying, Victoria had a really DIY kind of feel. But it was also a little bit. Um, there were little tribes, you know, the the metal guys and the the punks, and I wasn't a scene kid. I was maybe just a little bit too nerdy and a little bit too young uh, to be into it. But at the same time, there was only a certain number of venues, and everybody went to the same shows. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Like once I once I discovered them, um, and also in Victoria, there's uh, in some ways not a lot else to do. Uh, so some. I think the the level of playing sometimes was, was, was pretty high. And also uh, the talent didn't tend to drain away to other places as, as quickly. Um, mm. So, you know, a, a band like pigment vehicle uh, was an, an, opening band, mm. you know, a lot of other places, oh, you know, those, those wow. sorts of chops. Wow. Um, but, you know, I, I knew no means no, uh, you know, as a 15 or 16 year old, I we could only go to all ages shows. So I knew them as a band that played, Uh, And to my knowledge, and there's probably going to be people from Victoria who correct me on this, but I I, (laughs) I don't remember them playing uh, the bars and there weren't sort of larger venues anyway in Victoria. So I kind of knew them as a band that played multi-purpose rooms and uh, rec centers and these huge shows totally sold out and everything like that. But still, they're the best band from my hometown when you're from a small kind of relatively insignificant place like that. You don't assume that uh, people are going to know them in other places. you know you hear stories. oh yeah, they toured Europe, they went to Poland, but it's all just kind of abstract. Um, but as I said before, you know uh, there were a lot of bands that didn't uh, they're trying to shock people and I think no means no for me. Um, they're nerds, they're music nerds. Um, they were injecting still a lot of humor into their into the serious stuff sometimes. They weren't trying to shock anybody but they were still like earnest and so basically right. ner- nerds who didn't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. Right. Right. Kind of, kind of yeah. what they are. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's funny. Earnest, earnest. Yeah. The, uh, the word that you used is, is certainly something I appreciated about them. Uh, there was another band that I really liked at the time called the disciples of Abelard. Uh, they actually released a, a little a tape called uh, the importance of being earnest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't realize the, the huge following that no means no had. I go, they meant a lot to me. They meant a lot of people I knew. But, you know, don't make any assumptions about um, their mass appeal kind of thing. For me, um, uh, as I said, Victoria, is a, it's a pretty isolated place. Uh, I always, I'm not particularly religious or spiritual or anything like that. But I've always had the impression that Victoria has, you know, it's at the edge of nothing. You know, you look at it on a map, it sort of looks across Mm at the Olympic Peninsula and then just like the empty Pacific, there aren't even any islands out there. You sort of go all the way to the Mm -hmm. Kamchatka Peninsula. So I spent a lot of time as a kid um, riding my bike around with uh, no means no in the headphones. And um, so imagine, you know, pitch black sitting at the edge of a cliff, looking out at the water and just like listening to these incredible lyrics and incredible themes um, and just sort of contemplating what might have inspired them. And uh, I thought that maybe it was something about the place that inspired them. And I still do to some extent Um, that, but I kind of assumed that maybe you needed to be from the place to kind of really connect with them. And it wasn't until I started getting old enough to go to Vancouver record shopping and going to bigger shows where they played uh, like the Commodore and bigger, bigger venues um, that I realized that their appeal sort of was wider than I had expected. And then, um, I was in Europe, I think in 1995, maybe. And, uh, I think I was traveling from Copenhagen to, uh, going south, traveling south. I got off the train in Hamburg and I saw No Means No poster for, I couldn't go to the, the show in Hamburg, but I remember it's the only time I've spent any time in Germany. I was like looking for a record store. So I could ask them, do you have any access? Cause this is before <laughs> the internet as well, or before widespread internet. Do you know where the next show is, or like, is there any way you could find out? Because I didn't know. I assumed you know were they playing in the direction that I was going, or would be cross each cross in like like trains in the night. Oh, like strangers. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit! I was just in Copenhagen, and uh, I saw Manor Astro Man there, and that was that was pretty awesome. Um, but my I hope No Means No isn't going that way. It turns out they were going the same direction, and I ended up seeing them in Amsterdam on the Two Drummer tour.
0: Oh shit. Yeah.
1: So that wow. was, uh, that was pretty dope. Fairly certain Andy was there too.
0: Nice. So
1: that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, then, um, yeah, the, the no means no forum. And then, uh, came a little bit later, I guess, uh, you know, early, early two thousands and people from all over the place and, uh, made friends. I still have. And, yeah, uh, it's such, it's just a, a strange thing. And it, people don't even think, Twice about it, you know. They found out that you uh, you may have had interactions with them on the forum and stuff like that. But you know, I know I could probably go to. I know I could go to Lisbon. I know I could go to Warsaw and have places to stay. <laughs> yeah. And you know, n- not just you know. Oh, you're in town. I guess you could. We could go get a beer, but no, you no. Know, stay at my place, and I'll show you around. Kind of shit. <laughs> like right. I could go to fucking yeah. Ljubljana, Slovenia. I could probably find somebody. <laughs> to to- um, so it's it's kind of an interesting thing when you know the best band from your hometown turns out to be maybe one of the best bands anywhere.
0: Right.
2: But
1: a bit of a head fuck. But <laughs> yeah, fuck. no
0: shit, no shit, no shit. Well, God, clearly God, we're going to have a lot I to talk that. about.
2: I feel like I've lived on a deserted Island. I mean, I was stuck on the East coast. There was none of that. Like, I'm just drooling listening to you talk Matthew. Cause I had none of that and no way to find any of that. Mm, and you're just sitting right in it oh man
1: i was really lucky to to get involved with the radio station because um you know Mm. back back then before the internet and stuff he kind of just had to look at liner notes and look at um look up tours um that bands to to see who they were playing just to find out what new stuff was there but i had access to to so much of it um and two two other things I, i have to really give props to and i only found out you know, in my adulthood, that they're kind of unusual. That, you know, the local record stores. You know, I, I know that I went into a record store called Funhouse Records and I purchased Zero Plus Two Equals One from Kev Lee, who used to be an infamous scientist. So it's a small right scene. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Lyle's Place and Funhouse, and they sold tons of local merch and local um, local releases. And I don't I don't think that's particularly common either. But it's a, it's a pretty supportive scene for the most part. And the other thing was uh, Harpo's, which was the the club or the main club that people, like good bands came to, was uh, a fantastic booking agent named Marcus Pollard who brought in bands like, you know, the Southern California pop punk stuff. So Descendants and stuff that influenced by the Descendants um, would come up. And bands love to play in Victoria because it's nice there. And it's mm-hmm. between Seattle and Vancouver, kind of. And so uh, right. I think bands would kind of consider it a bit of a... You know, kind of a stopover. I remember talking to one of the uh, members of Green Day. Why did you guys come back here three times in the same summer? And he said, because it's, re- <laughs> it's really easy to get laid here. Oh, oh. oh God! All oh, right.
0: Yep, yeah, Green Day.
1: Well, well but, fuck, uh, yeah, knew. Harpo's was fantastic. I got to see so many bands, but I don't actually remember No Means No were playing there. Um, hmm. Myself and my co-host on the radio, we used to sit down on wharf street at the bottom of these long set of stairs uh, and the st- stage was right the there was a second story club and the uh, sound would come down the stairs and we'd camp out there with sleeping bags because we weren't allowed <laughs> Uh And by the time we started getting a, a little bit older, because this is you know, 15, 16 year olds drinking age in, in British Columbia is 19. So mm. we, we had to wait a little bit, but uh, a couple times, Marcus smuggled us in. He uh, let us sit uh, up in it was adjacent to the band room it was sort of like a little admin room and it had a big window that looked over the stage but we weren't technically oh, nice. in the club <laughs>
0: nice so, Ooh. props, Ooh, props very, to marcus
2: that's right <laughs>
0: that's fucking great wow that's fucking great.
2: very jealous all that to well, say that uh, victoria
1: had a, a really rich access to, to to all kinds of music um and I, i'm Realize now, I'm totally, totally spoiled, and my perspective is yes, totally, are. totally skewed. Yes, you
0: <laughs> are extremely, extremely, and clearly, it was a good crash for raising this fucking band. No means no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fucking crazy. So, I think, I think we'll wrap it up. We're we're at a good half an hour. That's a good amount to subject people to our ramblings. Mm. Um, next time, we're actually going to dive into the music. We'll uh, discuss four songs. Push two of them through, and hopefully, well, I don't know. Maybe I do want us to fight about it. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> that's <perfect>. more interesting or <laughs> not. But uh, I'm a little bit nervous. I've I've been doing some uh, sample runs of refreshing that HTML file to see the pair ups. Some of them seem pretty easy, and some of them I'm like, no, I can't fucking put those two songs oh. against each other. So
1: <laughs> when I was like, describing, I'll just like quickly say. It's a list of all their songs, and it's completely random functions. So it could be thirty years that the songs could be separated by thirty years; they could be on the same album. Um,
0: Exactly. Exactly. Really interesting. And (laughs) and there will be. I I want everyone to be really clear, the audience and us. There will be no do overs. Whichever one of us is responsible that week for running the HTML file to get those to get those pair ups, you cannot redo. We have to take the ones that come out. That's it. From this I think point there's, forward, there's
1: going to be examples
0: where I'm going to want to fight myself. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Me <laughs> too. I, I, exactly. Exactly. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Mm. So, any, anyway, everyone out there, anybody who's possibly out there listening to this by now, um, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time when we actually get to dive into some music. And uh, just remember, Always wear a safety pin at the bottom of your t-shirt because not only is it cool and punk rock, but it's very, very cool.